Yo. What's going on, man? What's going on? Hey, man, nothing much, man. Just uh, enjoying my little, my little quarantine day. I feel that, man. I feel that. Now, <clears throat> before we get started, I want to thank R&B Radar for hooking this up between us. Uh, hopefully, they respond to this because you're like, I believe, the second person I think I interviewed within within this week uh, through his help. So, thank you, R&B Radar. So, state your name and where you're from, and we'll take it from there. Um. I'm a hip hop slash R and B artist. Go by the name of Heartbreak Shide. I'm from Gainesville, Georgia. That is north side of Atlanta. Ooh. So you just so you just outside. Now I gotta ask you, being from outside of Atlanta, is it is it hard or is it pretty much a, a easy access to get your music to be played or even to be noticed and checked by? I would say because like. Living on the outskirts of Atlanta, it's kind of like um, harder to get your music like that play that it deserves, you know, because they not they not even like knowing about these cities. They not understanding like you know what people on this side go through. I feel it entirely. So I was going through your uh, your project yesterday, and you have a lot of trials and tribulations of all the things that you want to rewrite your wrongs and everything that you have been through. And you kind of just wanted to spit all your feelings into each track, whether it be about family or, or past women or just things that just to you just was personal and you, and you wanted to change that by just writing about it. So what made you even want to go ahead and just, and spit all your feelings in, onto these tracks in the first place? Cause I felt like um, when I started doing music, it was kind of fun. You know, like, just coming up, I think I just kind of, like, used to do it to make, like, party anthems and stuff like that. Just I could turn up with my friends. And then when I actually, like, got around a lot of people and actually got people listening to, like, my music and stuff, I kind of noticed, like, I didn't want to be, like, people that was, like, around me. And, like, when I did go to Atlanta, I didn't want to be, like, any of those guys in that particular way like the way that they would talk about the stuff that they would talk about in most of their songs. And I kind of clinged on to like, oh, uh, I'm going to rap about like what I actually been through, like just real life stuff that I've been through, just put it in a song instead of like rapping about some stuff I've never seen or never even lived through. So... I don't want to put words in your mouth. So what you're saying is authenticity uh, of what you've been through is what is what you're you're about mostly about what you've been through and not what everyone else has claims that they've been through. Is that what is that what you're saying? A hundred percent. You know, I just feel like um, it means more, I guess, to like the people that's listening to your music when they know that hey, this is true. And I feel like it means more to the artist himself when like the actual music is true it's more than just a song at that point it's more of like a memory i will say uh i've been around people who who start making tracks that don't really fit who they are and especially when you grew up around them and they talk about where they came from i'm just like brother we we went to kindergarten together what are you what are you talking about your mama gave you like lunch every day (laughs) your mama gave you like (laughs) PB&Js, like, what are you talking about? Your mama never did anything for you. So that's what I find hilarious within uh, some of these rap music nowadays where there's authenticity, but I understand why some of them do write about what they, I guess, go through or quote-unquote have been through, so they say. But before we get to, like, each track by track, um, could you break down uh, what it feels like to be outside of Atlanta and what it is to be inside like I've heard that there's different sections, and then not even just just different sections of just there's so much music coming out of Atlanta where you have a Kenny Mason, and then you have Amigos, and then you have a Key Glock, and then you just I'm sorry, it, not King Glock, Key Glock. He's on my mind today. Don't worry, he's been on my mind all day today. But you have Amigos, you have a Kenny Mason, and then you have a JID, and there's just so much. You have a De- Deontay Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like um, it's a lot of places you know, around in Georgia, like, certain people have their own sound, and, um, and it shows, it shows proof, you know, how how you were stating people, like, it shows proof that people go their own routes with certain ways, like, 
I feel like Georgia itself, we have a lot of talented people that likes to, like, stand out. They don't really, like, want to just follow suit. They always, like, want to stand out and set their own trends. And I feel like the biggest difference from being, like, in Atlanta to being, like, in an outskirts city, I feel like um, you don't get the recognition you deserve. Like, you could tell people, like, oh, it's hard over here. It's this, that, and third. But they're more, like, engaged with the actual city of Atlanta or, oh, this, this is worse than Atlanta. But little do they know, like, it's bad everywhere in the world. So, you know, it doesn't really matter where you're from in the world. It's just, it's bad everywhere in the world. So people kind of, like, don't get that. I feel that everyone expects to go in Orlando with open arms and have their own business and have their own brand, but there's like 7,000 other brands out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's there's other things that you can, you know, Atlanta's flourishing for real, but like Atlanta's like the black of Los yeah, Angeles. basically. That's basically, I think like the top cities like in the world probably would be like Atlanta, you got um, definitely Los Angeles and I Definitely Texas, yeah, Texas too, from what, I've, well. what I've been hearing. And then New York and Chicago. For Chicago, yeah, Chicago is, for me, is, is been there maybe, I've been there one time, but a lot of their artists I resonate with because most of them have not been, most of them just write about what they feel poetic, poetically. You know, you have your no names to your, you know, your G Herbos. And I like, you know, I can do both. But I feel like if I've never been through a G Herbo phase, I gotta like I'm like mm, let me not like claim claim that out there. I will listen to their music because I like what they're rapping, I like their storytelling. But for me to be they talk about yeah yeah yeah, I get what you say, you know, I've been through it. It's like no, I have not. You know, I, I've I've lived I've, I've lived in a house where I get food every day. You know, I li- I have a roof over my head and I can't fake the funk. <laughs> that that's just one thing I will not do. And that's actually cool because like in my area. Like, there's a lot of people that will fake that funk. They will. I hate it when the whole Chief Keith area happened. Like, I hate when that happened because it took over everything just by fleet. And everybody just wanted to be like that. And it was kind of weird. Especially when you have young children, you know, going actually in within the fields of Chicago trying to make it to school there safely on us outside. You know, most most of these kids are trying to get to high school, or they're trying to get to wherever they can, job interviews, internships, so they can make it out the city. And then you have people who have never been in the city, and they're like, "Yeah, I can get with it." I'm just like, "E, tone it down there, tone it down." Yeah, for sure. But um, let's get to the first track actually. So the first song off your project is "Hood Cry." So you you talk about uh, losing, you know, losing legends, but also you you lost a family member. You you lost your brother Jay. So can you tell us uh, how that impacted you and what made you want to go and even write about a song about your brother, your brother passing? Because I felt like that was like um, a big moment of my life. And um, it hit me like a lot of things hit me at once when that did hit me. And it was kind of, it was kind of definitely hard to put it in words because you know how when you lose someone to like, certain situations it's kind of like it feels like a movie and it doesn't feel real and I guess me more like talking about it and actually seeing it kind of made it felt real so I had to put it I had to put it in a song I had to put it in a song to like actually get people to understand like this is this is real like you know like I felt like how I was trying to capture hood cry was just like because the being the person my brother was, he touched like a lot of people. Just being like a funny, hysterical kid, and like just being like a great dad, and just being just extra smooth and stuff. Like he just touched a lot of people's hearts. Just in my city alone, and other cities as well. And it's kind of like when losing him, it kind of affected the whole city, and it just changed like the whole city. Were you guys fairly close? I would say nine times out of ten, like, if he was still here on this earth, 
I, I would be around him. He would be around me. Um, he got my first job in the world. You know, just growing up, brotherly type stuff. You know, just growing up together from the bottom. You know, it's just, it's crazy. He was a male role model for you. Yeah, basically. like a person you look up to, you talk to type thing. But you, you also talk about, you know, expressing your anger and the fact that not many of us are really allowed to really express their anger because most of us are told to man up, suck it up, and just go on within our day. You decided to put that in a, in a, in a track, and I, and I applaud that. You know, and you, you, and you, you talk about, you express it, honestly. You express your anger and, and the fact that you you want peace in it, but at the same time, you, it's going to take peace. You have to have patience in trying to find your own peace after everything that's been happening within your life. Yeah, because I feel like if you don't express your pain, if you're not actually opening up that bottle, it's going to stay bottled up and you're going to, like, unleash on someone. So it's always good because, like, some people look at it as in, you know, they hear, like, sad songs or whatever, or they hear love songs. Like, you know, like, people come up, I guess in my area, everybody's area, actually, they come up and they think, like, being a man means, like, oh, you can't cry, you can't feel sad or you know, people in the streets be like, oh, you can't be, like, a gangster or whatever and not cry. Not saying that people, like, want to be gangster and stuff around me and stuff, but it's more like where I grew up at, it was just, like, a rough place. So, like, to see somebody make music how I was making it instead of the regular guns, shoot, shoot type song, it was kind of like, hey, I don't care what y'all think of me. You can think of I'm soft. But I'm just gonna put it all on the line here. That's how I feel. That's how I want to make my music. Now you're just expressing your truth because most of us don't want to talk about our our trauma of what we saw. So we put it in different perspective or writing about it in a different way. You know, most of us don't want to talk about what we saw as children growing up. So, and I respect that a lot. Now for PMS, packing my stuff. Now when I first saw PMS, and I'm like, where is he going? Yeah. <laughs> I really, I really liked I was, when I named it. Like, I think I accidentally like kind of named it that, and then like my producer slash like the you know, person I was featuring on the song, he kind of was like, "Yo, that would be like a crazy name. It have like a double type meaning, you know." So I was like, "Oh yeah, that's true." And I kind of like went in deeper on like how I meant like pack my shit and move. It was kind of like. You're PMSing because, you know, girls go through crazy-ass shit. Like, guys, like, in their own way, they PMS, too. They get pissed off. They go crazy. They, like, you know, they losing it, and they just want to pack up and leave. So I was just like, damn, I have to correlate that, like, together. Mm, I feel that. So you write about just just packing and stuff and, and leaving the city. So when, when do you, when you know? When wanting to leave the city, what you know, what did you not want to leave behind, uh, I, or 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 fear of leaving anything behind or anyone behind? I, I'm always leaving. Um, I moved to Vegas recently for a few months, and I actually had another song. It was called "I Hate It Here," you know. And then, like a little bit after I made the song, I kind of just like. Wanted to move, so I just kind of saved up and, like, oh, I'm going to move. So I moved to Vegas, and I ended up coming back to Georgia, like, maybe two weeks ago because it's kind of hard leaving, like, just family and then more of a family, like, uh, I would guess, like, my friends and stuff. It's kind of hard, like, just talking to them over the phone and not in person and, you know, just daily routine type stuff, like people I would see. It was kind of hard, like, leaving that behind. So what was uh, Las Vegas like, if you could uh, put in words, in your own opinion, in your own opinion, actually? Uh, to me, it's amazing. You know, it's, it's amazing. Like, growing up, um, no, like, I don't know. I don't know, like, if this, like, discredits me or, like, just make me seem not cool because – I don't know, but coming up, like, as a kid and whatnot, I got, um, I guess, like, I adapted, like, a California Western style, and I grew up, and I actually, like, danced, you feel me? Like, I did, like, the little, the little new boy jerking dance or whatever. I actually, like, 
made a name for myself through that, like through the actual dance movement. And like, I kind of could have went very far in it. And I literally kept on dreaming. Like my whole point, like when I used to dance was I want to make it to Cali. I want to live in the West. Like I want to be in those vibes. And then like, I kind of like sat back one. All right. We back in. Sorry about that, folks. My bad. I don't know how how I could have avoided that one. <laughs> nah, it's cool, man. Um, not happens. So as you were saying, you you were saying that you were adopted more to the West Coast because you know wanted wanted to dance more and you wanted the the lifestyle of of just you know being out there in California, carefree and, and the vibes and what everyone you know thinks of California as as nothing but just carefree, palm tree, sunny every day type thing. Yeah, that was like a dream for me when I was younger. It was just more like I really wanted it, and um, I had a chance when I was younger for like a split second, but I didn't have the funds to actually like get it done. And then I finally sat a couple months ago, and I was like, "Yo, I got the funds for this." So I ended up just actually going finally, and I just lived it and stuff. And it is the hype, like everyone was talking about. It is the exact hype. Everything I thought it was going to be, it was, and I enjoyed it, but it's just something about, um, like, I wish I could have took all my friends and family with me and just be like, okay, cool, because it's no fun, like, there's no fun being there, and, like, my friends and family can't really live in the moment with me. It kind of, like, made me feel sad, so I just came back. Now, like now, living in, in Las Vegas, what did you what did you experience? Because Las Vegas is is a whole different culture. I mean, it, it's it's something different because I've met a few people from Las Vegas, and it's a totally different vibe, especially outside outside of Las Vegas. You you meet a couple of people that very different. I will say that. Yeah, I met a lot of different people in Vegas. It was kind of it was kind of crazy, like that city. Like, just being in Las Vegas, like, it never sleeps. Like, it never sleeps. Like, it keeps going 24-7. What I was amazed from, never knew. No one ever told me. I guess it's never been, like, a big thing to tell people about. Because, like, I myself, I love drinking a lot. So, Mm -hmm. no one ever told me, like, yo, in Las Vegas, they don't ever stop selling alcohol. Liquor stores are 24-7. And I kind of yes. found that out, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, but sorry to cut you off. Um, I know what you're talking about. Um, I used to live in Utah, so a lot of people from Utah that weren't Mormon, they would uh, do that. They would go all the way to Las Vegas, and alcohol. There's like drive-throughs, I believe. There, if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. There's actual drive-throughs. Yeah, there's drive-throughs. So I, I find it hilarious because there's 24/7 alcohol. And liquor and hard liquor and everything and everybody from Utah that wasn't Mormon just run over there and it's like two three hours. Yeah, and it, it, it's amazing to me. Yeah, that it. I was like just so confused and amazed, and I was like, I've been living this life that every day we're in my city, every day at eleven thirty, we stop selling alcohol, but over here you can get alcohol all day, anytime, it kind of blew my mind. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. Just meeting all people out there was just crazy. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I believe Baby Kim is from, he's from Las Vegas. And uh, he had, a, he, he thought that, no, like, if we say it out there, he wasn't going to, like, have a thriving music career. So, if you, if you think, do you think if you stood, if you stayed in Las Vegas, do you think you would have a thriving career out there? Or somewhat of a or somewhat of of, an, of a different art. Um, I don't think like my art would change being out there. I think um the people that I met down there, I kind of like shocked them with certain music that I make because you know, like going different places, you know, their vibes are different. Their uh, music that they listen to is different. Um, so just being down there and just feeling the vibes. I think that um, I could get more exposure down there. Like, I think I could get more people hooked on my music down there. Because they're just more, I guess, friendlier than just being in Georgia. 
Yeah, I've I've heard that actually. Now you have a song called La Cienega, and you basically talk about the parting of of a of a breakup between an, uh, an ex girlfriend and then also the the loss of of a child. So I don't know if you want to, if you want to speak about the the loss of a child, but the the breakup itself, if you would like to elaborate on that. Oh, it's fine. Um, I was dating a good 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 friend for a minute and um we both were kind of toxic to each other and you know how you know you know how relationships go you got the good you got the bad and um i guess at the end of our road that's when i was hit with the kid information and um at the same time the relationship was already dying and at that point, I was just thinking, like, I don't know how I could be able to live and just have... I can't be, like, one of, like, this super, super stereotypical guy, black male with dreads, and then he got baby mamas. Like, no, I didn't want to have just a baby mama. I wanted to, like, be with whoever I have a kid with. So I was trying to make things work, and... Being said, you know, um, a lot of things got out of control, and I guess like a lot of emotions got thrown around, and it came to the point where she chose just, you know, drugs over actual healthy kid. I'm not going to say like it's 100% the drug's fault or saying that she chose to do it, but I guess addiction is an actual real thing. And at the same time, um, dealing with that, you 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 can you can lose a kid in that way. So it was kind of out of my hands at that point. I feel that. So when 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 you speak about the not what not the. The, not the baby mama drama and, and wanting to actually fulfill a relationship and be, you know, with somebody. It, it's hard because how old are you? I'm 23. Yeah, when you're 23, yeah, baby, yeah. Uh-uh. It, it's hard to maintain that nowadays. Yeah, it really is. and I, I would never want to be like that. I think it's kind of like crazy in my eyes that I don't have a kid yet, but at the same time, I'm I'm just like, I'm glad I don't have a kid and it be with somebody that I just don't like or can't see myself making it work with. So, yeah, like my mama would always say, watch who you lay down with. Yeah. Watch, watch. But I was going to say, uh, 23, 22, 23 is, is where I think everyone should be focusing more on themselves. And, and less relationships because and your twenties is wild as as I've been told. It, it's a wild, it's a wild roller coaster, and something that you have to. Let's let's just say if you just really gotta watch, you know, because because you could be thriving. Not saying you could, not saying it's bad to have a kid, you know. Things, you no know, things do happen, but at the same time, for those of us who don't have kids, those of us who are not in a relationship, this is the best time to really find yourself. Definitely. And be create and, and be creative. Definitely. Now for HPK God, how did that come about? You call yourself the Heartbreak Kid God. Um, or the Heartbreak God, yeah. I kind of think that um, that song kind of just came to me. I was listening to like the melodies and stuff, and he was just going through a lot of um, different samples and stuff, and I kind of just got it. Because, you know, at the same time, I'm not going to say, like, I'm a good guy, you know, speaking in relationship-wise, but I'm not going to say I'm a bad guy. But at the same time, I've done, I've done bad, I've done good. But I felt like um, at a point in my life that I was just trying to fill a void. I wasn't really trying to, like, actual date a girl. I was just kind of, like, going with the flow, doing whatever. So I, I guess in... And that trail, I left, like, a lot of people, like, I guess, mad at me. I don't think I have any exes that's actually cool with me. <laughs> um, maybe it happens. It, it really does. All you got to do is keep pushing. 
really just keep pushing on me. I'm glad you said that because people be like, no, we, I'm cool. I'm cool with my ex. And they look, they're really not. But if they, deep down, it's hard. They think they take cool, but it's not. Definitely. But, but I will say this. Uh, I'm glad that you're admitting that, you know, you have done wrong in relationships. Because a lot of men will not do that. Or people in general, not even men, not even gender, just a lot of people will not do that. Now, for interlude, you talk about the concept of wanting Mrs. Right. What do you believe is, is Mrs. Right in your own mind? I would say Mrs. Right would just basically be like, uh, in a girl, like in a, the girliest way, like as somebody that's going to be like my best friend. And instead of just somebody uh, that I just got lust for or somebody that looked good with me or anything like that, I, w- I would just want somebody that's really just, like, one of my bestest friends. But to build a bond like that is kind of like one in a million type chance. I will, I will say this. Mm, an idea of Mrs. Wright to me seems... Mm, it seems everyone wants Mr. or Mrs. Wright, but in, in, in your own opinion, do you think that we should still have that mindset of, of wanting a Mrs. or Mr. Wright? Or should we just like go with the flow and be like, you know, I, I want somebody, but you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm asking for too much. Because sometimes we get like that where we overthink and think we're asking for too much. But in your own opinion, do you think if you ask about Mrs. Wright or even just put it out there universe, do you think that she she'll come more, or anything like that. I feel like if you're gen- genuinely looking for Mrs. Wright, um, first and foremost, like you yourself have to be like, I guess, um, actually down looking for it and going to be faithful and loyal and ready to br- bring like basically like your cards to the table you know, and not just play around with it. And at the same time, you got to actually find somebody that's actually. All right, we back in. Sorry about that, folks. My bad. I don't know how how I could have avoided that one. <laughs> not school, man. Um, not happens. So as you were saying, you you were saying that you adopted more to the West Coast because you know wanted wanted to dance more and you wanted the the lifestyle of of just you know being out there in California, carefree and, and the vibes and what everyone you know thinks of California as as nothing but just carefree, palm tree, sunny every day type thing. Yeah, that was like a dream for me when I was younger. It was just more like I really wanted it. And um, I had a chance when I was younger for like a split second, but I didn't have the funds to actually like get it done. And then I finally sat a couple months ago and I was like, yo, I got the funds for this. So I ended up just actually going finally and I just lived it and stuff and it is the hype, like everyone was talking about. It is the exact hype. Everything I thought it was going to be, it was. And I enjoyed it, but it's just something about, um, like, I wish I could have took all my friends and family with me and just be like, okay, cool. Because it's no fun, like, there's no fun being there. And, like, my friends and family can't really live in the moment with me. It kind of like made me feel sad, so I just came back. Now, like now, living in, in Las Vegas, what did you what did you experience? Because Las Vegas is a, is a whole different culture. I mean, it, it's it's something different because I've met a few people from Las Vegas, and it's a totally different vibe, especially outside outside of Las Vegas. You you meet a couple of people that very different. I will say that. Yeah, I, I met a lot of different people in Vegas. It was kind of. It was kind of crazy. Like, that city, like, just being in Las Vegas, like, it never sleeps. Like, it never sleeps. 
Like it keeps going twenty four seven. What I was amazed from, never knew. No one ever told me. I guess it's never been like a big thing to tell people about. Cause like I myself, I love drinking a lot. So <laughs> no one ever told me like, yo, in Las Vegas, they don't ever stop selling alcohol. Liquor stores are twenty four seven. And I kind of yes. found that out, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, sorry to cut you off. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, I used to live in Utah, so a lot of people from Utah that weren't Mormon, they would uh, do that. They would go all the way to Las Vegas, and alcohol. There's like drive-throughs, I believe. There, if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. There's actual drive-throughs. Yeah, there's drive-throughs. So I, I find it hilarious because there's 24/7 alcohol. And liquor and hard liquor and everything and everybody from Utah that wasn't Mormon just run over there and it's like two three hours. Yeah, and it, it, it's amazing to me. Yeah, that it. I was like just so confused and amazed, and I was like, I've been living this life that every day we're in my city, every day at eleven thirty, can stop selling alcohol, but over here you can get alcohol all day anytime it kind of blew my mind and i was like dang that's crazy and just meeting I was, people out there was just crazy yeah i was gonna say uh, i believe baby came is from he's from las vegas and uh he had a, he he thought that no like if we say it out there he wasn't gonna like have a thriving music career so if you if you think do you think if you stood if you stayed in las vegas do you think you would have a thriving career out there or somewhat of a or somewhat of of, an, of a different art. Um, I don't think like my art would change being out there. I think um, the people that I met down there, I kind of like shocked them with certain music that I make because you know, like going different places, you know, their vibes are different. Their uh, music that they listen to is different. Um, so just being down there and just feeling the vibes. I think that um, I could get more exposure down there. Like, I think I could get more people hooked on my music down there. Because they're just more, I guess, friendlier than just being in Georgia. Yeah, I've, I've heard that, actually. Now, you have a song called La Cienega, and you basically talk about the parting of a, of a, of a breakup between an, uh, an ex-girlfriend and then also the, the loss of, of a child. So I don't know if you want to, if you want to speak about the the loss of a child, but the the breakup itself, if you would like to elaborate on that. Oh, it's fine. Um, I was dating a good, good, good friend for a minute, and um, we both were kind of toxic to each other, and you know how you know you know how relationships go. You got the good, you got the bad, and um. I guess at the end of our road, that's when I was hit with the kid information. And um, at the same time, the relationship was already dying. And at that point, I was just thinking, like, I don't know how I could be able to live and just have. I can't be like one of like this super, super stereotypical guy black male with dreads and then he got baby mamas like no I didn't want to have just a baby mama I wanted to like be with whoever I have a kid with so I was trying to make things work and being said you know um, a lot of things got out of control and I guess like a lot of emotions got thrown around and it came to the point where she chose just, you know, drugs over actual healthy kid. I'm not going to say, like, it's 100% the drug's fault or saying that she chose to do it, but I guess addiction is an actual real thing. And at the same time, um, dealing with that, you, 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 can, you can lose a kid in that way, so... It was kind of out of my hands at that point. I feel that. So, when 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 you speak about the not not the, the not the baby mama drama and, and wanting to actually fulfill a relationship and be 
you know, with somebody. It's it's hard because how old are you? I'm 23. Yeah, when you're 23, yeah, baby, yeah. Uh-uh. It's hard to maintain that nowadays. Yeah, it really is. And I, I would never want to be like that. I think it's kind of like crazy in my eyes that I don't have a kid yet, but at the same time, I'm I'm just like, I'm glad I don't have a kid and it be with somebody that I just don't like or can't see myself making it work with. So, yeah, like my mama would always say, watch who you lay down with. Yeah. Watch, watch, watch. But I was going to say, uh, 23, 22, 23 is, is where I think everyone should be focusing more on themselves and, and less on relationships because and your, your 20s is wild, as, as I've been told. It, it's a wild, it's a wild roller coaster and something that you have to. Let's let's just say if you just really gotta watch, you know, because because you could be thriving. Not saying you could, not saying it's bad to have a kid, you know, things you no know, things do happen, but at the same time, for those of us who don't have kids, those of us who are not in a relationship, this is the best time to really find yourself. Definitely, and be create and, and be creative. Definitely. Now for HPK God, how did that come about? <laughs> you call yourself the Heartbreak Kid God. Um, or the Heartbreak God, yeah. I kind of think that um, that song kind of just came to me. I was listening to, like, the melodies and stuff, and he was just going through a lot of um, different samples and stuff, and I kind of just got it. Because, you know, at the same time, I'm not going to say, like, I'm a good guy, you know, speaking of relationship-wise, but I'm not going to say I'm a bad guy. But at the same time, I've done, I've done bad, I've done good. But I felt like um, at a point in my life that I was just trying to fill a void. I wasn't really trying to, like, actual date a girl. I was just kind of, like, going with the flow, doing whatever. So I, I guess in, in that trail, I left, like, a lot of people, like, I guess mad at me. I don't think I have any exes that's actually cool with me. <laughs> Um, if it happens, it, it really does. All you gotta do is keep pushing. <laughs> really, just keep pushing. I mean, I'm glad you said that because people be like, "No, we, I'm cool, I'm cool with my ex," and they look, they're really not. They, they deep down inside, they think they they cool, but it's not. Definitely. But, but I will say this: uh, I'm glad that you're admitting that you know you have done wrong in relationships, because a lot of men will not do that. Or people in general, not even men, not even gender. Just a lot of people will not do that. Now, for interlude, you talking about the concept of wanting Mrs. Right? What do you believe is is Mrs. Right in your own mind? I would say Mrs. Right would just basically be like, uh, in a girl, like in a, the girliest way, like as somebody that's gonna be like my best friend. Instead of just somebody uh, that I just got lust for or somebody that looked good with me or anything like that, I would, I would just want somebody that's really just, like, one of my bestest friends. But to build a bond like that is kind of like one in a million type chance. I will, I will say this. An idea of Mrs. Wright to me seems... It seems everyone wants Mr. or Mrs. Wright, but in, 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 in your own opinion, do you think that we should still have that mindset of, of wanting a Mrs. or Mr. Wright? Or should we just like go with the flow and be like, you know, I, I want somebody, but you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm asking for too much. Because sometimes we get like that where we overthink and think we're asking for too much. But in your own opinion, do you think if you ask about Mrs. Wright or even just put it out there universe, do you think that she she'll come more, or anything like that. I feel like if you're gen- genuinely looking for Mrs. Wright, um, first and foremost, like you yourself have to be like, I guess, um, actually down looking for it and gonna be faithful and loyal and ready to br- bring like basically like your cards to the table you know, and not just play around with it. And at the same time, you got to actually find somebody that's actually 
I don't know if other people have this problem when they come on here for interviews, but oh my god, doing this from my iPhone is so crazy. No, nah, it's cool. I hope I hope it's a podcast for for the homies, and it happens all the time where we cutting in, cutting out, cutting in, cutting out, cutting. And we're doing, we, you know, we started doing the satellite thing, and it's it's something interesting because we used to do podcasts in person, but now that we're, you know, our creatives and co-hosts are scattered out. I'm in Jersey, they're in Philly, you know, so we're we're doing this satellite thing, which has been going all right fairly, but it it happens. Yeah, because I've never used this app before, and it's like anything that. I don't know why, but it's like anything like text or anything, it stops it. It stops my whole recording or it mutes me and it doesn't let me unmute. And I was just, I don't know why it kept on happening. Nah, it's, it's cool, man. But uh, yeah, so as you were saying about emotions, so. I felt that uh, with emotions, it was a different part of my life. It was kind of a like, um, like a barely like twenty one ish type like song. I was barely like I think I was barely twenty one when I made that song, and I held on to it for a minute. And I think it, it fit inside of that tape because it was a part of my life and it was something I lived and it was something that actually happened to me. I used to bottle my emotions, but mostly putting out there like. The girls I was running into, they had bottled up emotions as well, and we were just technically out partying all the time. I've had times where um, I threw house parties that I'm not as big as Great Gatsby, but was like Great Gatsby. I I used to throw parties and I not be there, or I just come home and there's a party, and I was just living a toxic just life, drinking every day, and just washing down all my problems and not thinking about anything and I felt like that was a big part of my life that I think um was good that I grew from it so basically just just growing and changing as a person and also trying to you know if it happens it happens but you got to cut off people who aren't making moves correctly and appropriately in your life yeah basically it was just a lot of like toxic people I was around and um, uh, influence and just um, the space I was in. It was just, it was a crazy time for me then. I feel that. I mean, I also think that we at a certain age sometimes feel like it's 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 uncomfortable to cut people off because you know of friendships or a longevity there we go of friendships and we feel like damn like you know this person has really been good to me you know but at the same time they're not really helping me or my growth and sometimes you just got to cut them off you know definitely that's how I used to see it like I used to um I actually just like sat back at one point um coming from that time of my life I sat back and I was just like um cut the way I used to throw house parties and stuff it was it was crazy sometimes they got out of hand and stuff like that and I just started seeing that some of the people I was calling my friends were kind of just like living off of me and only like actually being my friend because what I was doing and just kind of using me for a lot of stuff and I just sat back and I just noticed that none of them wanted me to win in any situation and I noticed that even when I got good news, they didn't, they didn't like celebrate my good news like I would there. So I just kind of backed away from a lot of people. All right. So number eight, the infamous SoundCloud of putting your ex in a song. Everyone is good for that. Infamous. 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 <laughs> it, oh my God. It's a chef's kiss. Everyone does that. You know, my favorite is Drake actually. <laughs> Oh my God, Warren's room. God, I think he started that shit. Yeah, definitely. That was definitely a big part of it, man. It's crazy, just the actual concept and stuff like that. Now, there's probably other people that did that, but like for, for this time, day and age, I feel like we followed more of Drake's approach of, you know, simping and shit, and it happens, you know. So, your ex is on shoot. I'm. How did you even obtain this voicemail from your ex? That's actual real life voicemail, not fake. Not I didn't ask her like, "Hey, do this and this." No, 
I wasn't even talking to her at that point. Like, we wasn't even cool. We got cool after she heard the song. Well, months and months later, after she heard the song, um, it was more of a, like, she was just like, oh, damn. And it was just crazy to a point because, like, um, the relationship I had with her, um, it was kind of had its ups and downs because um, we, we were basically, like, best friends first. And we knew each other for, like, 10, 11 years, like, since, like, my freshman year in high school type stuff. And we just knew each other for a long time. And I thought I should, like, not give back in a sense, but, like, actually, like, shout out to, like, a person that didn't ruin my life. Like, didn't, like, out of all the exes, I, I actually went through and stuff (laughs) the only one that didn't like actually ruin me but it just kind of sucks that you know our our lives just went two different ways i mean that happens but i do like the fact that you you said that um there's a part in there that you said they don't want to love us they just want to leave us and it wasn't really about women in general it's actually you were making about people who who are who are living in Georgia and making a name for themselves. And as soon as they become big or somebody, you know, they're open up for somebody, they all of a sudden want to act brand new and start changing up on you. Could you could you elaborate on that? Cause I actually meant that in so many ways. Like I meant that in so many ways when I said that. Cause a lot of people like kind of call that like one of my top songs. And they kinda like, I guess like most of the people are I went to, like, college and high school with. They were like, yo, you know, I, I like that song the most out of all of them I listened to. That one just touched me. And then they will always ask me, like, what you meant by that? Like, what do you mean? But I was like, uh, I guess it kind of hits on a point where, like, uh, I was kind of angry at the fact that um, what happens with my brother. And I, I just felt like, like, damn, like, God didn't love me. He didn't love me. He makes everybody leave me. You know, I just felt like at that point, I was like, damn, like everything ends. Everything has an end to it. And I felt that at the same time, I was using that as a point too. Anybody that makes it in Georgia, they leave and they forget about their home city. They don't come back. They don't show love. They leave. And it, it just kind of like hit me. I kind of like found out like a crazy, like, I guess, fact or whatever. Um, the actual guy. Han from Fast and Furious, um, he was born and I guess raised a little while in my city. I never knew my whole life. Found out like a couple, like probably like two years ago, I found out and I was like, what? That's crazy. Like no one would ever expect something like that. Just he's from here, never came back. Like this city isn't that big. So it's kind of small and it's kind of like, dang. We also got to look at it like this. Who knows what he was going through within living in the city? Well, living in your particular part of, the, of town. Now, I, you know what I mean? I can't really speak for anybody that does that when they, you know, they leave home and they make it big and they never want to look back and they forget their roots. Sometimes their roots are troubled and sometimes their roots are good. But I, I do agree that like, we have some people who just, when they, as soon as they make it big, they don't, they don't want to touch nobody. They, oh, look at me. Nope, nope. I'm the next Denzel. You know, they feel like they Denzel Washington in training day, you know? Yeah, definitely, man. A lot of people made it. A lot of people made it out my city. And um, I'm not going to, like, pull no names. A lot of people made it out. If you, like, look up my city name or whatever, and you kind of look at some of the people, whatever, like, like, stars and stuff like that, a lot of people made it out. And not a lot really... Not a lot really return like that on any type of occasion or even, like, they won't even say that's where they're from. They'll just give people the standard, like, Atlanta, like, all the time. They'll just be like, Atlanta, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. And they'll be like, oh, really? And they'll be like, yeah, but really they're not from Atlanta. They're just from Gainesville, and they just don't want to say it. Like, they don't give the city recognition, you feel me? Don't give it flowers. Yeah. I mean, it, it really does happen because, you know, you have certain people who want to make a name for themselves and they don't want to, they don't want to put it out there that they lived in, in outside of the city or, or that they, they live the same lives as some other people. You know, it happens. 
but for you, my friend, I, I do have a question for you. What is what is the the next project? What is the what is next for you uh, when you're making another project? Do you want to go in the route of now that you you've cleared your conscience of of your unhappiness? Where do you want to go in the route of of more? I so I've been asked I've been asked to um go deeper into it. I've been asked to go deeper. Like uh, people have been telling me, oh, they want a heartbreak hotel too, and at the same time, I kind of want to touch on like where I want to go. Like, I want to make songs about where I, what I want to go, what I want to do. I want to, like, just try to help people, you know. It's, like, it's a lot of artists that inspired me, and I want to feel that same way with my music, and I want to inspire people. And I feel like, could, could you could you name uh, two, two people that, that have inspired you within musically, within a music genre? Uh, number one, definitely, because people say I look like him. They say my music sounds similar to him. Um, Juice World, number one, definitely gonna have to be Juice World. Um, just crazy way of, like how I found out about him and everything, and um, I didn't really um, I didn't get to meet him before, you know, um, everything happened and all the tragedy and stuff like that happened, but uh, really yeah. wanted to. It, it really, like, cut deep, you know, that I couldn't do that. And I would say number two, um, I have to give it to an OG. So it would have to be, like, um, mm, I'm trying not to say like not a wrong one, not necessarily wrong, but I'm trying to say one that actually feels good to me. Uh, I mean, honestly, it don't really matter as long as who who resonates with you, like who you connect with. I mean, that's that's how I feel. Like, you know, I mean, MF Doom, you know, MF Doom is somebody who I, oh God, his wordplay, yeah, word writing, amazing, Big L too. Um, if I had to give it to an OG, then I would say I looked up to Fifty Cent, like pretty much my whole life. But speaking in these terms now, I would have to give it to Chance the Rapper. Mm, damn, we, Chance the Rapper. I love Chance the Rapper. Honestly, he he has made music that that that's very different. It's spoken word meets whatever I've written in my journal. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's crazy in the way that like he kinda just he went about his whole music career. It kinda like just blew my mind watching like seeing the change in him, seeing the change in his music. It you know, like I went to prom listening to prom night, you feel me? Like I was Damn. it was it just changed. Like I watched everything change. He still stayed like the same rapper, you know, free music. He still did his thing. And that independent, me, yeah, and it kind of hit me like, oh, that that guy, he really, really inspired me. Now I gotta ask now with now with everything going forward, where all, everyone that's R and B to hip hop, most of these people are are independent or they have a distribution deal or whatever the case may be. How do you feel about just staying independent or wanting to be signed, like if if given the opportunity? Um, definitely staying independent seems like it would be the smarter way to go. Um, a lot of people don't do that. I actually know a couple artists that's, you know, went ahead and signed and stuff like that. And, um, it sounds good. You know, it sounds good. I don't know too, too much. I've had like little petty deals, not like crazy huge deals but i've had people try to throw me like some little small numbers and saying like hey i can help you but this is what we're gonna try to do type thing but i ain't really want to get into that um i feel like um for right now and maybe the future i've just always strongly felt like i wouldn't really want to be signed i wouldn't really want somebody to um not give me my creative like view on my music and which way I could head in it and 
royalties. Yeah, so I, I just kind of don't want no one making music off. I'm making money off my music at this time, and I feel like uh, independently, if I try hard enough, I save, I can still reach a higher level. Now I got a question. Before the pandemic hit, were you performing on stage? Were you just, you know, playing music off, off, off just letting people play your music on SoundCloud? Or, you know, what, what were you doing before the pandemic? Before the pandemic, actually in my whole, like, it's crazy to say, but um, in the whole time I've been making music, um, I've performed maybe like five times my whole life. And, um, I guess it was more to like where I was at, cause like kind of the clubs and everything out here and stuff. Like I, I wish I could find like a spoken word type of place I could go to and um, and vibes there, because the vibes and everything that all the performances I've done before, it kind of like they showed love, but it kind of like felt weird, you know, and I kind of just didn't want to perform anymore. I didn't want to go to, like, hookah bars and perform and stuff like that. It just wasn't for me, like, open mic nights and stuff. They just, because people are going to want to hear, like, some trap music and twerk music or something that they can get up and yell to. But me, in my opinion, when I look at me performing, how I always dreamed of performing, it's like a like a a post Malone performance where he gets so emotional on stage because he feels the song and he sees so many people just healing because of the words that he's saying and how he's singing and stuff that they just feel so much the same that you just get too emotional on stage and you can just feel it. Mm, I understand that. Now my last question is Within brand new music, are you going to continue dropping new music during the pandemic? And, you know, will, will the pandemic affect your writing process of how you write your music? Or, you know, whatever, everyone has their own different rituals of how they write their, their, their how you get their pen game down. So do you think the pandemic has affected you within writing capability or just not at all? Um, I don't think it affected me at all. Um, I kind of write or I go through um, a lot of things. And I always jot down notes and stuff and just every moment in my life. Like, when something happens to me and everything, I just be like, dang, like, you know, just everyday type thing. Like, it just happens and you kind of, like, just make a personal note about it. Like, okay, this happened in my life or this just happened or, you know. I like that you, you, you know, whatever's going through your life, you still write no matter what. For some people, it has to be like a spontaneous thing of like, oh, damn, I got a, a light bulb. So I do like that. Now, where can the people reach you out, actually, on your, like on Instagram, SoundCloud, Spotify? Like, where can they reach you if they were, if they're trying to follow you? Um, I have a Spotify account um, that is uh, Heartbreak Shy. And my Instagram is the number four HBK SH. AUD and um, I have a Facebook account, Heartbreak Shy. If you Google my name, Heartbreak Shy, you can come in contact with me. Um, all types of stuff. Really, it's all Google. If you uh, Google my name, you can find everything from my SoundCloud to my YouTube to my Facebook. Like, any type of way to get in contact with me is is definitely going to get you there on YouTube. Well, that's amazing, man. I hope to hear more from you. I hope to keep listening to your music. And I got to say, that last track is is something I, I will keep. I will continue to listen to. You know, when, whatever I feel like, I, I need to get my anger out. Hey, man, I appreciate so. that a hundred percent. No problem, man. I'm looking forward to seeing more more music, and hopefully we can get you on for the Homies Podcast. Definitely. I'll be 100% down with that. All right. Thank you so much, man. Stay safe out there, and, and look out for Heartbreak Shot. Definitely. Definitely look out for Heartbreak Shot. Music video coming soon. A lot of stuff in works. We've been working during this pandemic, so a lot of things coming. 
a lot of my friends and artists that I know that got a lot of a lot of stuff coming to them, man. Thank you so much, and thank you to R&B Radar for hooking this up, and thank you, Tommy. Thank you so much. All right, man. Thank you so. Have, have a good All day. Right, you too, man. Appreciate it.